Hi, this is Emily. This is Lauren. This is old school. So um, we took a three-month hiatus. Uh, we had a lot of shit going on. I had to move my dad out of his house of 43 years. Even though he's still there, we had to pack up and sell everything. It was like kind of fun to go through all our stuff. Also yeah. like a little sad, but... So we, I also took all, like, a, we have a whole bunch of VHS home movies and, like, slides from the 50s that my aunt oh, 40s. Oh, that's so cool. So I took them into a company to digitize them. I couldn't do all of them because it's too expensive. But I did. They did the home movies, the VHS. And um, they are so much fun. Daniel and I had so much fun watching them. And then, but I honestly, it was really weird seeing my mom. I bet. It's just weird because, like, the last memory you have... Can you hear her voice? That's what's weird. That's the weirdest thing. It's because the last memory all of us will have, of most of us, if we're lucky, will have of our parents is when they're old. And you sound different when you age, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like, your grandma, when you heard your grandma talk, sounded different from the grandma, the the woman that your mom heard. You know what I mean? Or your dad, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just really weird to hear, like, her young... You know, she's, like, not only healthy and, like clearly like vibrant whatever but and she's beautiful and she's her voice sounds young it was so weird and the first one we turned on she says the first thing you hear is her saying my name and it was like i just was like a blitter i just was obliterated yeah yeah i mean because you think like when someone dies you have all those pictures and everything but you forget what they sound like like you think you know remember what they sound like but like i had my one friend who was still calling her dad's voicemail just to hear his voice we have we have a voicemail of my mom, but she this is when she was like frail. So I don't I wasn't I wasn't really I was like oh I heard her recently, but this was weird because it was like young mom, young healthy mom. It was weird to see her like scooping down and picking me up just like a typical mom, like a toddler runs runs around and she's like running after me and grabbing me and yeah. So it was really hard. It's like such a weird thing. Like my mom's been dead for like for a long time, and it's like you'd never really get there's something about moms like i miss my grandpa every day i love my he was one of my favorite people on the planet but there's something about losing your mom i don't know i can't explain no, it it's I such think, a shitty club to be in yeah i'm I've, i'm sure i think you know people who've lost their father say the same thing like my yeah, mom sure. has dreams about her dad like and he's been gone for christ i'm like 45 years he died right and she still like dreams wow. about him and still gets emotional about him so yeah, I mean, you expect your grandparents to die. They're supposed to die. Right. You don't expect your parents to die. And, you know, they, they it sucks and it's shitty. And, you know, that's some heavy shit, Em. Yeah. Anyway, so here we are. We're doing summer highlights, June, July, August. I had like 11 pages of research, so I had to edit it down dramatically. But yeah, you had a lot of good shit in there. Like, so I didn't really, I, I, there was a couple things I touched on. Some stuff I never even heard of, and I felt yeah. kind of dumb. So but um, that's the stuff I'm trying not to skip. Is the stuff that I thought, wow, I've never heard of this. What is this? What is this all about? The one thing I did enjoy, though, because it's summer, was the great fucking movies that come out in the yeah, summer. Yeah, the best movies. That's right. Yep, mm-hmm. blockbusters. June first. The only thing I have is the premiere of the Morton Downey Jr. show. Do you remember that weird ass show? That show was terrible. 1988. 1988. It was trash. It was gross. I, my, I remember my mom and brother staying up late and watching that because it was just so, there was nothing else like it. That He was like Jerry Springer before Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. Um, Is he the one that would smoke all that? Was smoked he smoked on the air. That? That's right. He smoked on the air. 1988 also, uh, oh, June 3rd, 1988, the premiere of the movie Big. I loved that movie. Now it seems yeah. a little weird. Yeah, it didn't age well. She did bone like a 10-year-old or how old exactly. is he? 12-year-old. Yeah. There, yeah, he was 
grabbing the breast of an older woman when he's a small child right in a man's body and i know he was it, technically tom hanks but it's still weird it, it, yeah it definitely didn't doesn't uh hold up right now june 4th 2003 martha stewart gets indicted for securities fraud she's a gangster remember that was a big deal at the time uh-huh yep rosie o'donnell was on howard stern recently and there was a clip about how she visited martha in prison and she was just talking about how she was like, okay, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to prison. So I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable by right. like being done up. So she like didn't take a shower, like just rolled <sighs> out of bed, wet and saw her. And she said, Martha like came in like with a cinched waist and her like jumpsuit, her <sighs> pants were cuffed. Her hair was perfectly done. And she was just like, she was like a rock star in jail. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was like white collar prison though, right? It's I like know. country club or whatever. I, I don't know. Like looking back on that, it seems like she all those assholes do that shit all the time and she got busted yeah. for it mm-hmm. probably, probably because she she's didn't a woman take anyone down with her like she kind of just yeah she it. didn't she didn't arc on anybody probably why snoop dogg loves her so much and yeah her. <laughs> she kept That's her mouth right. shut okay so this is a biggie june 6 1968 bobby kennedy is assassinated yeah in los angeles's ambassador hotel which was torn down, by the way, because this city is kind of a joke about architecture. I feel like a lot of the good stuff that we talk about happens in uh, L.A. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I should steer away from that. It's not a bias. I actually don't like my hometown, so. No, it's just interesting that we got big events going over there. Especially like the latter half of the 20th century or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was campaigning for the Democratic primary and he was he was leading and he had just won California. He was serving as U.S. Senator for New York at the time of his assassination. Before becoming U.S. Senator, he was U.S. District Attorney under his brother JFK and under Johnson after him. He is most well known for his support of civil rights, his attempts to stop the mafia, his criticism of the of U.S. foreign policy with regard to Cuba, and he was also an advocate for human rights and social justice throughout the world. He was against the Vietnam War as well. Um, so in 1968, he was very popular with people of color, Catholics, the poor, and young people during his campaign. And around midnight on June 5th, Bobby had just given his victory speech after winning the California primary when he was mortally wounded by Sirhan Sirhan. He had been walking through the hotel kitchen after leaving the podium. Uh, Sirhan's motive was apparently retaliatory after Bobby had supported Israel following the Six-Day War. Bobby died the next day after being shot. So... Sirhan was tried and convicted, but just like with JFK's and MLK's assassination, there are lots of conspiracy theories. Oh, did you know that? Did you remember that 1968, two months previous was when MLK was shot? So just two year, two month gap between the assassination of I Martin Luther King. I didn't realize it was that close. I remember learning this in high school and t- saying that to my dad, like that. How can two huge historical figures like that die so close together? And my dad just said. 1968 was a terrible year and it just kept getting worse. That's my dad's mm-hmm. quote from that. So it's bananas time. The 60s were bananas. So Bobby was, after he finished his speech, was supposed to walk through the ballroom, like straight ahead, down the stairs and shake hands with people. But his um, campaign director was like, no, you got to walk through the kitchen because they're going to do a, a press conference in the back of the hotel. So that might feed conspiracy theories, right? Like the abrupt change. In fact, Bobby started to walk down to the to the ballroom and he got turned around and he was shot. He was shaking hands at the time with a, with a um, bus boy when Sirhan shot him two bullets, one entered behind his right ear and two entered his chest. 
with one exiting his back and the other lodging his neck. Five others were wounded in the shooting. When Kennedy fell to the floor, the man whose hand he'd been shaking, Juan Romero, crouched next to him, cradling his bleeding head. And this is a very, very famous photo. I mean, you Google Bobby Kennedy and this picture comes up, black and white photo, very famous. Kennedy looked at Romero and said, is everyone okay? Romero said, yes, everybody's okay. Kennedy turned away and said, everything is going to be okay. This moment was captured in the famous photo and featured in Life Magazine. The photographer is Bill Epridge. So I got this from Wikipedia. Kennedy's wife, Ethel, was three months pregnant. She stood outside the scene. She, she was soon led to Kennedy, knelt beside him. He turned his head and seemed to recognize her. After, after a few minutes, medical attendants arrived and lifted Kennedy onto a stretcher, prompting him to whisper, don't lift me, which were his last words. He lost consciousness shortly after. He was taken one mile away to Central Receiving Hospital. A doctor slapped his face, saying, Bob, Bob, while another doctor massaged his heart. After obtaining a heartbeat, doctors handed the stethoscope to Ethel so that she could hear his heart beating. After 30 minutes, Kennedy was transferred several blocks to Good Sam to undergo surgery. Uh, his condition did not approve improve and the surgery could not save him. So Sirhan Sirhan may have suffered a head injury two years earlier and everyone who knew him said he acted differently after that. So he might've been also unbalanced as far as not just having the motive of, you know, uh, revenge. The conspiracy theories about Bobby's assassination, um, like MLK's and JFK's revolve around the CIA for the most part, because Bobby was fighting the mafia. And um, just like his brother, John was critical of US foreign policy, which may have led to the CIA being you know, either okay with the plot to kill Bobby or actually being instrumental in organizing it. Because of the assassination, the Secret Service now protects candidates running for office for the, of the president. Bobby's only security at the time were former FBI agent William Barry and two unofficial bodyguards, both of whom were involved with the civil rights movement. Olympic gold medalist decathlon Rafer Johnson and former pro football player Rosie Greer. So right after the shooting and the kerfuffle, Barry punched Sirhan and then Greer and actor George Plimpton hmm. pinned Sirhan to the wall so he could be detained by police. Uh, he, and then the other outcome, of course, is that Hubert Humph Humphrey won. He was an old school Democrat. He won the nomination amid, you've seen the footage, everyone's seen at the Chicago 7. There were massive protests outside the um, Democratic National Convention in 1968 in Chicago. Those a whole bunch of those guys were tried. There's a movie out now. Anyway, that's all essentially because Bobby was killed. Yeah, so Humphrey lost. Nixon won. Nixon was a piece of shit, implemented a lot of long-term horrible things that we're dealing with now. A lot of people compare the 1968 Democratic National Convention to the one in 2016 for obvious reasons. So there was a lot of the, the outcome of Bobby dying, you know, had the ripples were really far felt. I don't know that I believe that it was a conspiracy. It's it seems the motives are there because he didn't like the CIA. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, there's definitely a weird occurrences that you could probably. Spin. Right. But I don't see the connection. The weirdness about Oswald, like all his weird connections that he had with people and um, the Jack Ruby thing being connected mm -hmm. to the mob. Sirhan Sirhan didn't have all that that I know mm -hmm. of. So I don't. You just, I mean, he still could have been a patsy, but it seems like a, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they learned their lesson. They figure out how to cover it up better. I don't know. Anyway, 1976, June 6, 1976, The Omen premieres. I still love that movie. Pretty great movie. It's still so creepy. It is so creepy. The evil kid, I know it's a trope, but the evil kid thing is pretty, pretty creepy. I mean, mm -hmm. and he was so cute. He was really cute. But ugh, I mean, I, I love horror movies and I still think. 
that scene when his nanny jumps hangs herself. Fucking, yes. Fucking I insane. think that is such a crazy, crazy a scene. damn birthday party. Yes. It's like a big birthday party happening. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I think it's a great scene. Yeah, but, that is really good. 1998, June 6th, Sex and the City premieres. That was a huge um, part of our, well, I guess it was like late teens, early 20s, right? How old were you? 1998, I was. Oh, yeah. So just out of, well, just out of high school. Just out of high school, yeah. We saw the one movie in the movie theater, didn't we, together? Yeah, we did. The first one. Yep. Yeah. But that, that series is great. It's still whole. I mean, I still love watching that. Like I could go, I can get in a, a hole and just watch like five episodes right yeah. now. Okay. A lot of premieres, June 8th, 1983 trading places to date. One of my all time favorite movies. Jake loves that one too. Definitely one of the best comedies. It is so fucking funny. It's still funny. Mm-hmm. Still holds up. Yeah. So great. Okay. 1984, June 8th, 1984 ghostbusters premieres. Love it. Still love it. The kids still love, love it. it. Yeah. It's great. It's pretty unusual too, right? I don't remember anything like that. No, like, it was bizarre and weird. It's so um, weird. But it was great. And we just watched, they did the, um, the new one came out. Which yeah. Did you like, like that? Not the remake with the girls. The, oh, I like that. The, I, <laughs> I did. You're the one. You're the one who liked it. I didn't, I didn't see that one, but we watched the one that was kind of like the sequel, I guess. Was it good? It was pretty good. But the way they did the ending. And they like brought the original cast back. And then even like it was, I, I was like, I'm getting a little emotional. Like oh, it, was, it was like nostalgia. Yeah, it wasn't music. great, but it was cute. The kids stayed up and watched the whole thing. But as far as, you know, it was better than I thought it was going to be. So you did not see the girls one? Mm-mm. Okay. So I, Daniel and I went and saw it. We, uh, we both oh loved it. God, you went to the theater to see it? Yeah, absolutely. We have like a, we love the theater, like going to the theater anyway, because I just, I love my popcorn and my recliners and my Coke the size of my head. But um, Leslie Jones is the, my favorite part in oh, that. I love her. Oh my God, Lord. Yes. We still to quote this line from her. They like, they're in the subway, like in a subway tube and they are defeating a ghost and they manage to like get out of his way and he gets stuck onto a subway car and like leaves. And so Leslie Jones goes, oh, he's going to Queens now. And then she goes, he's going to be the third scariest thing on that train. <laughs> no, I love her. I think it's so think, funny. Did you ever um, watch the, her, it's probably all over YouTube when she would recap Game of Thrones. No. Watch it live. Oh my God. I have it to tell Daniel about that. Her watching it live and it's. <laughs> hilarious you'll die like can you, you still see it because you know she had to like leave social media because of people were so fucking racist i'm like sure all that stuff's still on youtube oh my god so she's funny. so funny she's coming out with her own podcast i think oh, it's she's called the awesome. fuckery i just heard about it and it's just her like giving her opinions about shit i would i would listen to the shit out of that okay i love her speaking of funny people june 9th 1980 richard pryor do you remember this yes and i yes i remember being you know we were you know, really little when that happened, but that was like a, a running thing deal. that, that, that was like a lore like that. He brought it up, up in his bits. I... <laughs> the man severely burned himself while freebasing cocaine in his living room and but he like, ran down like Northridge. He was in Northridge, ran down the street screaming until he could basically, someone had to like tackle him and get him to the ER. And I guess maybe because he talked about it too, like he was open about it. Like, so it was like a piece of popular culture that I remember it was like all through my, like I was a child and I knew that he set himself on fire. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
So I didn't know this. That um, so he was severely, but he burned over fifty percent of his body. So there, but there's apparently like mystery surrounding what exactly happened. Like members of his family say that he was so high that he actually doused himself in alcohol and lit himself on fire. That's bananas to me. If that's true, I mean, I know drugs can make you do crazy things, but that's insane to me. June tenth, nineteen ninety, members of rap group Two Live Crew are arrested in Florida for obscenity. This is like an embarrassing chapter in American history. I mean, I remember that, like, be, that, how big of a thing that was. Now, I'm not saying that Two Live Crew is some kind of like poetic, you know, I mean, they were not Public Enemy or even like NWA. Like, their lyrics are garbage. They have, I mean, they're, they're, I love their songs. Very catchy, excellent, like, samples and, you know, how, how it's produced mm-hmm. and everything. But like, their lyrics are clumsy. They're goofy, like, over yeah, the top. Poets. No, over the top graphic. Like, you know, the group's 89 album, As Nasty as They Want to Be, was released with an advisory sticker. So, the sticker was on there, but it was still called obscene and targeted by groups demanding that it be <laughs> banned. Um, it was investigated by the Broward County Sheriff's Office. A judge agreed that the lyrics were obscene. Sheriff's officers warned record stores in the, in the county not to sell the album, threatening arrest. Um, so this is from the first, it's called the First Amendment Encyclopedia. It's a quote. A week later, Skywalker Records, Inc. filed the lawsuit on behalf of Two Live Crew in federal district court to determine whether the actions of the Sheriff's Department constituted an, an illegal prior restraint and whether the recording was obscene. Judge Jose Gonzalez found Skywalker versus Navarro that there was an illegal prior restraint at the recording was indeed obscene. So the judge agreed. It's crazy to me. In 1992, the obscenity ruling was overturned. Thank God. Oh my God. Look, I don't care if you don't. All their lyrics were just about like sex and stuff. Yeah. And they're filthy, but don't, so just don't listen to it. Right. Uh, listen, it wasn't my favorite... like they were trying to hide it and sell it as like a record for kids. No, the title, one of their biggest hits is face down, ass up. I mean, they're <laughs> like completely filthy. <laughs> side, side note, if you ever want some to watch something really entertaining, is it Donahue in the 80s during this whole controversy, which by the way, was spearheaded by, it was a bipartisan effort. So don't even blame one party for this. Fucking Tipper Gore was like at the helm of this banning music because they said pussy and fuck. So she, the um, so Donahue had them on and he had deliberately had like the like members of these weird parent groups that wanted to ban it there. And they they actually have like I think they perform pop that pussy and face down oh ass up live God. on Donahue. You can watch it on YouTube. It's very entertaining. He they even brought like their backup dancers. So they're out at like twerking in the aisles and they're like like that's amazing shorts and stuff it's great <laughs> um because you know he's the thing don he was just trying to be like you're ridiculous it's a song i don't know if you don't want to hear it don't buy it it's it's not that complicated so this was a huge deal this set a precedent that because two life cruise lyrics were absolutely filthy i mean dirty ass songs it set a very important precedent because if those aren't obscene then good luck, you know? Obscenity is very hard to prove now because it's subjective and, mm-hmm. it, you know? Yep. Anyway, so that was an important case. And for that, I'll always respect, to, I mean, I actually, I, I think their songs are catchy, but like, you know, they're they're to be respected in my book for, because of that, because of- And you hold Donahue in, in high regard. Yeah, too. fuck yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, like, I didn't watch that show, but that's great. Like, stir huh? the turd, you know? 
I don't know how it aired. I guess they bleeped it, bleeped the shit out of it while it was airing, like <laughs> recorded and aired. You should see the faces of these like ladies though. Oh, they're probably horrified. Great. June 11th, 1982, E.T. premieres. Ball my fucking eyes out with that movie. I have to say that I grew to love that movie. I didn't love it as a kid. Why was not? Very, what was about it? I think it was like? too long. Like it just was seemed so long to me. Really? Like, yeah. I just didn't. And it really scared the shit out of me. Those people coming through the windows and stuff. That was awful. That scene is awful and traumatizing. It's they're supposed to be the good guys and they're barging in their house. Yeah. So, but as an, like watching it as an adult, I freaking love it. I love it. I cry so hard. Oh my God. Yeah. It's really, so really sad. Good. And I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great movie. You know, the 80s really nailed that like genre of kids solving problems for themselves because adults are assholes yeah. trope. Like that uh -huh. whole genre of like, and E.T. is an example of that. Like you can't tell the adults because the adults are the government and the government will take away your alien and abuse him and raid your house and break your mom's windows. Yeah. And it's back what like back when kids were alone. Like yeah, alone. that's right. They had a lot yeah, of so like, like independence. Kids are coming home from school for four hours. They're alone before their parents get home or whatever. And the reason why bikes are always featured prominently is that was our transportation. That's how we got around our neighborhood. That's how you got to your friend's house. That's how you yeah, got to a, the corner store. There's a pack of, on our street, there's a pack of kids that always ride their bikes. And I'm like, I fucking love that. Like still get out there and like little boys. It's like, there's like seven of them. They're like a little crew that that's ride great. their bikes. I'm like, that's the best time of your lives, kid. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. unusual too, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Another premiere, June, June 12th, 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark premieres. One of my favorites. It is great. Everything about it. I could watch that movie every day of the week. I love him. I think he's <sighs> the picture of a perfect man in that movie. Yeah, he's very handsome, man. June 15th, do, should I talk about this or should I skip it? Which one's this? General Slocum Riverboat Disaster. I didn't know about this. Yeah, this is one of those ones that it's a it's something that happened in history. It had a major effect on the region, but it doesn't, people don't really talk about it for some no, reason. But it's, it's not really crazy. remembered. It's really crazy, depressing, sad thing that could have been avoided. Yeah. Like yeah, a I series won't, of horrible decisions that, yeah, it's kind of like the Triangle shirtwaist shirt fire, where it's like a lot of violations and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, the gen in 1904, June 15th, 1904, um, was the General Slocum Riverboat disaster. So this is a steamer paddle boat. It's like kind of like the big wheelie thingy that spins, you know, on the side. And it was used for pleasure cruises on the East River in New York City. And on June 15th, St. Mark's Lutheran Church had booked the boat for a church outing. And there were over 1,300 people on board, mostly women and children. The boat left the dock at 9 a.m. It was overcrowded, so that's the first problem. Supposedly, shortly after leaving the dock, a child spotted the fire. But, you know, back then, children weren't really taken seriously. So when he said something about it, people thought he was kidding. Finally, smoke was reported by an adult. And it wasn't until it was visible by the crew that somebody actually started doing something about it. And by this time, the entire s storeroom was ablaze. The fire houses had never been tested, so they didn't work. The captain made a very bad decision. Instead of pulling into the nearest dock, he decided to plow full steam ahead to a nearby island. He claimed that he was worried about spreading um, the fire to the dock, which I guess that's legitimate. But the problem with plowing full steam ahead when you're a boat and you've got a fire on board is that oxygen feeds the fire. Mm -hmm. So the rapid movement of the boat created wind that fed the fire. Then the boat crashed into rocks off the island. Well, this created a second tragedy because people, when it, you know, when it hit the, when the boat was damaged by the rocks, people had to abandon ship. And a lot of people couldn't swim back then. 
they were wearing heavy clothes because yeah, that was the, clothes, the style. Right? Yeah, like petticoats and bustles and shit. And then on top of that, they they, they were grabbing life vests and they were disintegrating because they were back then we didn't have plastics and stuff like that that lasted a long time. So you had to rotate out, you know, and they nobody was checking to see the date of when they would have expired to bring in a fresh one. So these were old and they they didn't they literally crumbled when they picked them up. The only structure on the island was a hospital, some kind of like yeah, sanitarium. Yeah. You know, and even patient nurses and patients were running out because pe- people were trying to swim ashore. It was pretty shallow, but they were, you can't swim, you can't swim. So people were trying to pull people ashore. There were over th- 1360 people on the boat. 1,021 people died. In an effort to retrieve the bodies from the thick mud of the river, cannon fire was set off the next day and the reverberation loosened the bodies for retrieval. Oh. Sorry, I should have said a content warning for that. It's pretty gross. This was the worst loss of life in New York City history until 9-11 and nobody talks about it. And yeah, other, right? That's crazy. A thousand people from a boat, a boating accident. It's incredible to me. Interestingly, like I was mentioning long-term effects for the region, most of the people on board the boat were German or of German descent. Lutherans are often German. This tragedy decimated the German population in Manhattan and you know the oh, island wow. of Manhattan. So that's why you don't really see, there's no little Germany. That was a little, the neighborhood they lived in with that church was little, essentially little Germany. And oh, wow. the survivors moved away. Why would you stay where your wife and baby got killed? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, the whole, the whole community was wiped out. Terrible. So obviously the, there were failures on the part of the captain, the boat company, and the company that supplied the shitty safety equipment. And it did lead to indictments, but only the captain was, he was scapegoated. Only the captain was convicted. He was sentenced 10 years, but he was pardoned after a few years. So, you know, it's the same old story, basically. Yeah. I never heard of that one. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? So June 18th, 1984, I thought this was interesting just because I remember the movie as well. Radio host Alan Berg is shot to death in his driveway outside his home in Denver, Colorado. He hosted a talk radio show that expressed leftist views, and he was regularly receiving death threats. And on June 18th, 84, a neo-Nazi shot him while he was getting into his car in the morning. Do you remember this movie? There was a movie made based on it by Oliver Stone called Talk Radio. Do you remember that? No. It's dark. Who's in it? Eric Bogosian. I shouldn't know who that is. You know his face. Like he's got like curly hair and Jake just goes, you know who it is. Yeah, you do. There's no way. Oh, yeah. You know him, right? That's what what was he in that we oh, he's in um succession, isn't he? Yeah, he's in succession. So that was like, you know, sad tragedy, and then Oliver Stone made a movie kind of based on it. I do remember that movie, and it was pretty dark. You might want to check it out. I don't know if it holds up, but I just remember it being like disturbing. I was probably too young to watch it. June 25th, 1978, first use of the rainbow flag symbol as a symbol of LGBT pride, which I, I thought would have been much later, but it was actually invented by activists and artists, particularly Gilbert Baker, Lynn Siegerblom, and James McNamara. Each color, it was originally, now it's six colors. It was originally eight, and they all have a, a special meaning. And I won't go into too much detail because we're running low on time, but... Oh, July 5th. Should I do the White Sox scandal? Does anybody know that story? It's kind of interesting. 1921. Uh, Yeah. uh, What's the movie about it? Uh, Eight Men Out. Yeah. Uh, July 5th, 1921. Chicago White Sox are accused of throwing the 1919 World Series. Immortalized in the 1988 film Eight Men Out. Very famous movie. Um, So the White Sox were favored to win the World Series, but the players were underpaid and poorly treated. And basically gamblers exploited these like discontented players and we're like, Hey, um, we'll pay you to lose. 
So, but the plan became public because the players got pissed off because the gamblers didn't give them all the money they were owed. Players were put on trial, but it was just a trial for show and they agreed to confess and, you know, sign some whatever crap that they, they did it and they're sorry, whatever. A lawsuit, it came out again because there was a lawsuit for back pay and this famous player, Shoeless Joe Jackson, which I think is um, played in the movie, is played by, um, uh, he's got like 100 siblings in, in Hollywood. An Eight Man Out? Yeah. Who played Shoeless Joe Jackson in Eight Man Out? D.B. Sweeney? Oh, okay. I was wrong. Oh, he's a, he must be another player I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the guy from... Um, Cusack? Cusack. That's who I was thinking of. Sorry. Who did John Cusack play in that movie? Buck something. Yeah. Some other old famous player with a funny nickname. They all had weird name, like Six Fingers Johnson and, you know, like they're weird. <laughs> Six Fingers Johnson. They did. So um, Shoeless Joe winds up suing and then it comes out and it becomes like an even bigger deal. And the horrible irony in all this is that Shoeless Joe Jackson actually played his best in all those series games. He didn't throw it. Right. And it was all, you know, he just got lumped. So him suing for back pay meant that made the confessions come out. Anyway, so the famous, if you ever hear this in history, now you know where it's from. There's a very famous supposed line. It may have been invented, but some little kid comes up to Shoeless Joe Jackson. And he says, say it ain't so, Joe. And that's like where that comes from. So if you ever hear that, that's what it's from. Um, so it's often called the Chicago Black Sox scandal because like they were the White Sox, but they, they did this dark thing and bet on their own game and threw games for their blood sport. Anyway. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I drank too much DeSerona. The one thing I did see for July 1st, which I thought was fucking weird. I never, I don't know, because I didn't, I don't really... Didn't really care about past presidents, I guess. July 1st, 1893, President Grover Cleveland has this cancerous mass in his mouth. So instead of, you know, dealing with it appropriately, he fucking goes on his friend's yacht where there's (gasps) like nine, there's six surgeons on this yacht. So they perform this oral surgery on him in 90 minutes and take out this huge cancerous growth at the roof of his mouth. And they throw it overboard. They end up <laughs> and they remove like the tumor, like his, some of his teeth, parts oh my of his upper God. jaw. And then he has it have like, and then part of it is like a soft palate and like the actual. Oh my God. They end up wearing like, then, and then like a few weeks later, he had to have like a follow-up surgery, but it was like top secret because you don't want to say cancer. Cause he sounds like he's dying or whatever. Yeah. And then he wore a rubber prosthes- or a prosthetic in his mouth, like his face. Wow. Puff it back up. So he survived and like. Yeah, he fucking survived it. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. And then they were saying that like to have that kind of surgery for that to be completed on a moving boat Oof. in 90 minutes is something that would take hours like in a hospital. Uh, well, they were just literally carving up a roast, though. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like the best work they've ever done. Oh. But um, yeah, yeah I, I always think of, do you know what I think of when I hear Grover Cleveland? What? From Parenthood. Do you remember that? When I was born, Grover Cleveland <laughs> was president. <laughs> Do you remember that? When oh, the that old lady grandma. sucks the helium at the party. Oh, I'm poor grandma. I, I love do love her. that movie too. Oh, that's one of my favorites. I love that movie. That's really gross and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. June, July 16th. I forget if you like this book or not. 1950 Catcher in the Rye is published. I never read Catcher in the Rye. You didn't read it like in high I was. I read it in high they, school. They gave us a choice. And I think I read the, I must've read the opposite choice. They gave us a choice of Catcher in the Rye. And I want to say the other one was like Wuthering Heights or something like that. And I picked Wuthering Heights. Wow. I, I actually, never read Catcher in the Rye. 
I actually loved Catcher in the Rye. That was freshman year of high school for me, but I have heard that you should not read Catcher in the Rye as an adult, that there's something about it. It's oh, your for, perspective is probably different reading it. I don't know. Okay. July 16th, 1999, JFK Jr., his wife and sister-in-law are killed in a plane crash. That was sad. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And I still am fascinated with those two. I don't know what that is. I guess because they were so young and attractive or something, but yeah, I don't know. And they were like volatile too. There was always pictures of them like having arguments in public yeah. and all the stories and scandals about them, but passionate, whatever. Yeah. yeah. They were always in, they were as, I don't think there's anyone today. I can't think of anyone today who isn't a, a movie star or some other like entertainment celebrity that is as big, like they were as big as like an entertainment celebrity, oh, but totally. we don't have was, anyone like that now. They couldn't leave their apartment without Papa. No, it was everywhere. They lived in they New York and it was like, they weren't celebrities. Like really, right. like, he was a famous person because of his, you know, upbringing and stuff, but right. They were they the closest thing we have to the Royal family. Basically they yeah. were just by birth. He was famous. Yep. That was really sad. Yeah, that's crazy with her sister on the plane too. And he was supposedly going to run for Senate, New York, U.S. Senate for New York State. Mm. Okay. Motoring through July here. July 17th, 1996. Did I tell you my crazy story about this? Flight 800? I don't think so. I have a crazy story about this. So 1996, July 17th, Flight 800 explodes above Long Island. Some people will remember this. It was a big deal because it was really weird. Uh, obviously, plane crashes and things like that are what's, always a big what's deal. What's the year? 96? 96. So this is before 9-11. Okay. So I was babysitting. It was all over the news. It interrupted everything. It was a huge deal. All souls aboard die. It exploded midair. It was a big deal. So my dad at the time was on a business trip in Boston. He comes back and I'm like, I can't believe this, this plane crash is so sad. He's like, you're not going to believe what happened to me when I was in Boston. He was sitting in the hotel bar, like after dinner with his colleague that he was there to meet with. And they were having a drink and a guy walks by and the colleague was like, Hey, Jim, what are you doing here? And they're chatting. Like they know each other, right? Introduces my dad. He's like, Oh, Jim is a pilot for American Airlines. I think it was American Airlines. And he's like, Jim, we were just, Art and I were just, Art's my dad. Art and I were just talking about this plane crash. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think what ha- what do you think happened? And this pilot, I shit you not, swear on my mother's grave, he said, I know what happened. I saw it. I was in the air and I reported it in the air and I reported it again when I landed. It was a US National Guard plane that shot it down. I think he said National Guard or it was one of what? our planes, a military plane. Yeah. Shot it down. And he's like, I'm not the only one who saw it. There were it was a busy tra- high traffic flight area you know? And I remember like mouth agape. I was like, he can't, he's got to be mistaken. Right. So my dad calls his friend from college, Gene Randall, who at the time still worked for, he was a CNN anchor, like when CNN first started and he was still working there. He's like, I just heard the story. Gene Randall calls two guys and it's like, you guys got to go up and investigate this pilot. They get his name. They go up there. They knock on the door. Guy doesn't even open the door. He's like, I'm not talking to you. I've been told not to talk to anyone. What? And there's a very famous reporter at the time, can't remember his name, was kind of going, was kind of getting like blacklisted because he was, he had this picture of the plane and what looks like, you know, like a fiery thing heading toward it, like a missile heading toward it. And he was like, guys, someone shot this plane down. It didn't just explode midair. 
And people were like, I mean, the guy was getting desperate. He's like whipping it out at cocktail parties. People were like, uh, you know, shut up. Like everybody's saying that's not true. Well, uh, according to this guy, this pilot that my dad ran into in a hotel in Boston, it, that's what happened. And at the time, my dad was like, and he's just Must. telling people like, how right. He-, he was never told it was like a secret. He was like, uh, well, he was eventually told it was a secret. Right. But mm-hmm. I mean, like at the, this is within a few hours of the accident. You know, my, my dad was like, it, you know, these things happen. He was like, it was probably friendly fire and all this stuff. And I was like, that is so fucked up. And now we're just never going to hear about it. But I guess that's for the best. Cause how shitty would it be if you lost your loved one to like an accident that was committed by the U S government, whatever. Anyway. So flash forward five years to September 11th and September 11th happens. And I'm talking to my dad on the phone about how crazy it is. And he's like, I think that's what happened to flight 800. And I was like, what are you saying? Like, I'm so dim. I'm not getting it. He's like, I think either they suspected or someone hijacked that plane and that Uh, it was, it was going to be used as a missile to take to, I mean, we know that the, we know that there are documents from the nineties of that, that we know that it was a possibility that, that a terrorist could use a plane as a missile. Like they've explored mm-hmm. that as like, it could be used. So maybe they were like on top of it and they could hear, you know, that they had enough time and they could hear it on the voice, the, the, just, you know, the pilot radioed uh, in or whatever. So that's what my dad thinks. About you're going to have the FBI at your door. I know. And you know what? I haven't even held it back. I don't even keep it a secret. I just tell people. And now you're putting it on a podcast. Yeah. Now I'm putting it on a fucking podcast that 12 people listen to, but you know, that's a lot of people do think that about the third flight on 9-11, the one that crashed in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've heard that one. That it was that it was actually shot down. Mm-hmm. And and I know that that's not as like heroic sounding, but would you actually blame our, our, our people for shooting it down? I mean, if it was going to be used to kill thousands more. Right. I know. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's it, the whole thing sucks. But anyway, there's my <laughs> crazy story about that. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That is crazy, Emily. (laughs) Yeah. So July 18th, 1989, vividly remember this. Rebecca Schaefer, co-star of My Sister Sam, is murdered by a stalker. That was so scary. I was at summer camp and I came in and all the counselors were talking about it. And I remember like, oh God, that she was, I know that girl. She's the pretty girl on that show, that newest show, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was some weirdo stalker. I can't have you, no one can kind of thing. Terrible. Ugh. So July 23rd, 1984, I do not want to skip because we did talk about it's it. And so, I, this is so fucking crazy. And we talked about this in the first or second episode and I, I got it wrong and I want to clarify it because it's even worse than I thought it was originally. So July 23rd, 1984, Vanessa Williams, the first black Miss America, first African-American woman that won, she resigns from her post due to nude photos. So the story is like way worse than we thought. In an old episode, I talked about how she she had to resign because she she posed nude and like, you know, they made a big fucking deal ab- about it and she had to resign. Well, it's worse than that because she had many years before she was working as a receptionist at a modeling agency and she agreed to pose nude for a photographer who said she was going to be in shadow, unrecognizable silhouette photos, and they were never going to be published. It was for an artistic project. She was a young girl. I think she was like 19. She agreed to it. Needed the money. Yeah. She really needed the money. 
that piece of shit photographer went to, first he went to Playboy. And you know what? I'm the last person to defend Hugh Hefner because I think he was kind of an asshole. But he didn't publish them, right? That's right. Playboy is like, has a policy. We do not publish photos without the consent of the subject. So she wasn't, she didn't want to publish. They weren't going to do it. So they went to um, Hustler and Hustler's like, fuck yeah. And paid the guy and they they said, they announced it publicly. They were like, we're publishing these photos. And she's like, fuck. And then it, it got to the, you know, the people who oversee the Miss America and they were like, this is bad. And so she resigned really, really, really lame. And they, they apparently publicly apologized to her, but I just feel so bad for her, but she, you know, she's had a great career, but yeah, but still it's sucks that she got stripped of that. It's totally fucked up. Like it's, it's like assault. She's published like these nude photos. First of all, the photographer basically tricked her and then ugh, whatever it sucks. Okay. August 1st, 1981 MTV premieres. The first video featured was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. I still love that song. It is a great song. Yeah. Good old MTV. Yeah. Remember when they actually played videos? I know. I, I remember like to MTV. waiting in my house for like a video to come on. Like just yeah. literally waiting for hours. It was, for a it was great. August 5th, 1962. Kennedy Connection. Marilyn Monroe was found dead. Mm. She was found like face down on her bed by her housekeeper. And she had she was clutching the phone in her hand. I don't know. I, part of me thinks that maybe she was like de- really depressed and, and tried to kill herself, but then had like second thoughts second and thoughts. tried to call for help. So I, there's a conspiracy theories about this because I guess Bobby had just broken off there. They were having like a, a relationship and he broke it off. And some people think, oh, she she was privy to secret state secrets and she was offed. But I just th- think the evidence kind of shows that she was really depressed. And yeah, she was a sad, sad person. So sad. Are you going to see that movie? Well, I, I think I will. She looks a lot like her. She does look like her. But her accent. Accent is, drives me crazy. I didn't does. think it would bother me. And I said that I showed it to Jake and I was like, my God, because it looks like she's nailing it in every other aspect. Even with the as- accent, like her tone and stuff, like she's getting Like the it. breathiness. Yeah. Yes. But like. It's very it's distracting. So there. <laughs> yeah. And she looks, she does look like they did it. I think they did a good job. I think she does look like yeah, her. And she the, seems to capture her, you know her essence, I guess. And yeah, but although, you know, it's not technically a biopic. It's like the book is the book blonde is just sort of like an embellished story about someone that's very, she didn't have a Cuban accent or whatever her. Yeah. What is her nationality? I can't remember. She's beautiful though. I know she's She's in that other movie too. Um, her name is Ana de Amas. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's very beautiful. She's yeah. She's Cuban. You're right. Cuban and Spanish. Yeah. What else is she? In? She was in Knives Out. She's the adorable little like I know. Um, I love nurse in that. She is so cute. One? I that? am so excited to see that. I know. That first one was great. It was so good. Yeah. So I'll probably see it. But uh, yeah, she's such a. Ch- I have a book that is about four inches thick. That's a the recommended like uh, biography of Marilyn, and I have not read it. I should read it, but it's just so daunting. I just keep putting yeah, it every off. Every time you just look at it, yeah, past it, stare at it. August fifteenth. I just think this is a weird ass story. Yeah, August Woods, uh, Woodstock's the 15th as well. Okay, so I'll do this first really quick. So mm-hmm. 1914. So one of architect Frank Lloyd Wright's employees goes on a mass murder spree. Oh, this is crazy. Why is this not for more famous? He's super famous. So he had a studio called, Ta- I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, Talison. It's like a, a Welsh name in Wisconsin. And it was kind of like a house plus a studio. It was like to sort of showcase his work. And he wasn't there at the time. 
a employee named Julian Carlton decided to attack Wright's mistress and her children. He killed seven people. It's really awful. So content warning, but he like locked them in the dining room and, and he lit that, the, the structure on fire. And then as people tried to escape, he killed them with an ax. And then to kill himself, he drank acid. It um, like just mangled his esophagus and he died like a few months later, despite medical intervention with by starvation, essentially in prison. Um, only two people survived. So they were Wright's kids? No, they, I don't, they weren't his kids. They okay. were her kids from like a previous marriage or something. That was a scandal in and of itself, by the way, that he like left he, his yeah, wife and, his and moved in with his mistress. So, I mean, these were, some of them were children that died. It's just terrible. But where is it? This is like bizarre. There was an ax attack of a famous person's fam extended family. It's so weird. No one ever talks about it. Mm -mm. Woodstock. Yeah. So, so Lauren's dad went to Woodstock. My dad did go to Woodstock. So um, Woodstock, the Woodstock Music and Art Fair. What year was that? 18, 1969. August 15th through the 18th. It was in Bethel, New York. After difficulty finding a location, it was supposed to originally be in Woodstock. And then the, the community revolted and they were like, they're not having this freaking thing here. Three days of peace and music. So um, famous performers like Jimi Hendrix, Sly and the Family Stone, The Who, Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, Jefferson Airplane, Joan Baez, The Band, Creedence Clearwater Revival, all performed among others. Um, like so who was being, who was not there is what I you know, should ask right? yourself because it was so it so... ended up being um, this farm owner Max Yeager I guess he said that they could use his farm Credence Clearwater Revival I think was the first act that was booked and that pretty much opened the door for other acts to join because they were having troubles like trying to like secure like a big name band uh, they barely sold any tickets it was eighteen dollars for a ticket in advance and then wow. they said they could be 24 dollars at the gate but it ended up just being like fucking free because they it ended up becoming like a thing with costs like okay so we can either put up a fence and a ticket booth or we can finish the stage so they went with like let's finish the stage who organized it like who were the people that behind it different promoters that kind of went in on it and they essentially went bankrupt but then ended wow. up recouping all this money because there was, they kept the rights to the music and the, the doc, the film. Smart. So there ended up being a documentary that was released about Woodstock in, the, in 1970. And that's where they got all their money. They ended up making money off of that because they kept the, um, the film and recording rights. Okay. So, but my dad was saying that he drove with his one friend in a little red sports car. It was his friend's car. And they, you know, driving for, I think they, he picked up his friend somewhere in New Jersey and they drove, you know, hours to this, you know, little town in New York and they hit traffic and it's just like standing traffic. People are just walking, carrying like possessions, like walking. And then this guy, my dad was looking out the, down like the road to see how like far they had to wait. And he sees this guy with one arm carrying like four gallons of water with his oh, other no. arm. So the guy's like coming up and he's like, dude, can I just get in the back of your car? So the guy's just literally sitting on the back of this little sports car. And my dad's just, they're just, he's they're trying to inch their way closer to the farm. And the guy was like, listen, we really probably should go off the road into these trees. And my dad's like, what the hell? Like, and then, so his buddy who's driving, just listen to them to this one arm dude that they just picked up. And the guy cut them through this, like, forest like these woods and got them into the freaking thing and no one was there was no fence so i don't know if i would have done that right yeah <laughs> like is it an off-road vehicle like it's a sports car i would have been like we're gonna get stuck car, in the right? mud yeah so they somehow got off i guess the mud didn't occur yet 
Yeah, it hadn't started raining yet or whatever. And my dad said he like they they like kind of like pitched a camp like kind of behind the stage. And then um genius. He was saying that uh you know it was a free for all because people were just like getting in. And then I was like, you know, any crazy stories? He's like, no. He was like it was like a great, you know, couple days and then he said there was this one and then he's telling me the story. I'm like, I I wonder if this is real. He was saying he was in this pond, like a lake kind of thing. And they're all filthy. And it was like swimming. Yes, swimming. And he said at one point, he's just like in this water and he's like filthy. And he's just like, I would give anything for a bar soap. I would just give anything for a bar soap. And this woman comes up to him and she has like a thing of soap. And she's like, want me to wash your back? Oh my God. So she's like washing his back. And then that happened. And he's just like, I would give anything for a hit. And then some guy comes up on like a little boat. And like hands him a joint. Okay, time to reach bigger. Like I'd give everybody anything for a million dollars. I know. You know, like. <laughs> and then he said he turned around and he's looking at like this sea of people, and he said it was just like epic. Like it blew his mind. He's probably like baked out of his mind, but he was yeah. just like his best experience of my life. And then this I'm is like, before he met your mom, right? Oh yeah, totally before my mom. So my parents were already like boring old married people. Like they were married in '65. So. Oh yeah. So they were, they weren't going to the way to, and like they were into like, they were, my parents used to say they were too old to be hippies because they were into like folk music, but they didn't listen to like, like yeah, Jimmy Hendrix or anything. my mom was more that speed, but my dad was like in it. So then my dad, and I was like, so I was Googling like Woodstock, like swimming. And then it's like all these pictures of people just naked in this like pond and it's Filipini pond. It was this one pond where everyone was just like, Fucking, that's where they were bathing for like three. Imagine how fucking filthy that was. Can you? It's probably like cow poo too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine the stank. Did you find your dad in any pictures? I just looking. I took, but then they were all like dicks, and I'm like, so I'm trying not to zoom. Oh too much. God, like, God, you don't see it. your dad naked. <laughs> but I didn't see him. I was scrolling through like so many pictures, and, and he didn't bring a camera. No, he has no pictures no, but of it. That's such a. It's such a bummer. Like about that time that like. Unless you, like ha- unless you were life, in a, not thinking yeah, this. and it was, cameras were different then. They were like big and clunky. Like, unless you had a friend that happened to be into photography, like odds are there aren't that many pictures of you. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. But he, uh, yeah, he freaking you know, he loved it. And he, uh, yeah, my dad had the long hair and everything. Like my grand, my mom's dad made my dad cut his hair to walk my mom down, like to get married. Aww. He was like, that's like, you have to cut your hair. I mean, it was still pretty Aww. long when I got married, but. And there was nothing, he didn't say there was nothing like negative that happened. It was all like just great. Like, so they actually camped, literally camped in a tent. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he said most people did that, right? And he said he was so out of all these people, he drives up, drives up with this one friend of his. I think he lived in Pleasantville, New Jersey, drives up to this thing. And he said he ended up bumping into all these people from his hometown in like Mount Holly, New Jersey. What are the chances? I believe it. But but like 40,000 people. He's like, he ran into so many people he knew. But the Easter, I'm sure every, everyone you know, between like 17 and 25 in the Eastern Northeast was yeah, there like, or trying drive. to get there or trying to get there. Yeah. But he said the traffic was unbelievable. It was crazy. The like pictures are crazy of just the traffic. He was like, they would still be sitting in that line. If that guy with the one arm, the random one arm dude didn't say cut through these trees and go. So like, kind of- if, so they did that, which was genius. And by the way, that was rewarding them for being nice people and like giving picking a ride to someone who was guy. disabled and whatever. But also all those people that were in the traffic with them who didn't follow them like into the this shortcut did they just put the car in park and turn it off and walk down the highway to the to the I don't know farm? I should have asked my dad that I don't know I mean I think I don't know I mean if they're all it's all essentially just becomes a parking lot. Beco- becomes a parking lot exactly so if everyone's doing it then who cares right 
I don't know, but uh, it's bananas. But then my my one girlfriend went to the one in the nineties. That was oh the my show. god. There's a documentary she, out now about that. I know. She <laughs> was there with some people from high school. She was not in the mix of all that. Thank God. That was terrible. Kind of like on the peripheral of it all, but yeah. So she was in that experience, and you now she's going with the whole mindset of like you know being like the hippie, like she's like you know the Grateful Dead fan, like just wanting right. to chill, and it ends up being like fucking angry asshole idiots that want to just set shit on fire and and also like um people charging like eight dollars for a oh, bottle yeah, of water and and yeah. with the uh, yeah. cost of things but uh yeah corporatized or whatever but yeah that was a good old um, he was part of history spot. i just can't imagine like an 18 dollar ticket to see all those bands yeah the only cool thing my parents did is they went to the mlk's march on washington that's pretty one. damn cool yeah that's why i told you about that one right mm-hmm. Does he have a favorite band or favorite performance? That- um, I don't even think he saw Jimi Hendrix. Was Jimi Hendrix, did he close it? I feel like that's I like don't know. Only. I don't Let think me- he even saw Jimi Hendrix. Um, I, Joe Cocker, I think, was the one he liked the most. I think he liked Joe Cocker. I remember him always talking about him. I thought I thought Jimi Hendrix opened it because he did the national anthem. Then maybe he did open it. I feel like he missed Jimi Hendrix, but I could be making that up. I, I don't even know where to. Oh, here's the lineup. Richie Havens was first. Sweetwater. Oh no, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the top of the lineup then. It, there was a lot. Oh my God, there were so many. Arlo Guthrie, Joan Baez. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, God, it just keeps going. There's so many. He talks about how he saw Janis Joplin. Credence. There's Credence. So wow. So. Oh, there were a lot of good ones at the end. Sly and the Family Stone, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. These were. This was day. Shana na, Shana na. That is funny. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix was he closed it. He was the closing yeah, act. So he didn't see Jimi Hendrix. He did he does kick himself for that. He's probably like, I gotta get back to the car. I'm tired. We gotta like, get out of here. <laughs> I haven't I'm showered in three days. Get out of here. We've got pond water at my ass. Well, that's awesome. Pretty cool. My dad did that. But he yeah, was, it is. It's very he cool. Was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> August twenty-fifth. I just can't believe I haven't heard of this person. August twenty-fifth, nineteen eighty-five. Samantha Smith. I didn't never, I've never heard of this person either. I feel like an idiot. What the fuck? That's, she's like a little older than us. Like, why didn't, and she was famous. What's, I don't understand. She was a goodwill ambassador and peace activist, and she died in a plane crash on August 25th, 1985. In 1982, at the age of 10, she famously wrote to a Soviet leader calling for peace and telling him of her fears of nuclear war. She received a personal reply and an invitation to visit the Soviet Union. She went in July of 1983. It's a huge deal for both how countries. Was, how did we not need? Because I, I feel like that could just see my mom with her cigarette hanging in her mouth. Like, why can't you write a letter? Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there's a that famous, I know the Golden Girls episode where Rose Rose writes a letter and they to Russia calling for peace and they think a little girl wrote it because she's a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and so it was the inspiration for that. She became like kind of like a minor celebrity, you know, like she was like in a, she had like a bit, she was cast in like a TV show, with like a bit role. And she did you had look like, up what she looks like? Yeah. She's a, just a cute little all American look looking kid. When you saw no, her. she doesn't. I don't, I have no idea what I got to ask my dad about her, but the weirdest thing about it is she was, she was cast in the show called Lime street. So she was returning from filming. She was from Maine and the, she was in like a little plane, you know, prop plane. Cause she was in some she was from like a small town and the plane at plane crashed and she and her dad and everyone on board died, which I was like, that's fucking weird. So on top of the, this weirdness of this like little girl, 10 year old being like an ambassador for peace, she dies in a, who dies in a plane crash? Like that's plane crashes aren't that common. Knock on wood. 
I thought that was weird. Did the and, government shoot her down? Exactly. Like, we don't want weird. peace, you idiot, Samantha. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But she, I don't. She didn't even look familiar to me. I, I don't know where what no, I was doing. I just looked her up. I've never. I don't recognize her face. I mean, hands across America. I was front and center, but I have no idea who well, Samantha your, Smith is. Your little, that's your little nugget. That's your yeah, nugget. That's that you right. Can, yes, I was at Hands Across America. Tell, but I was a part of Hands Across America. I wasn't. But I laughed at that. I can remember it. Yeah, the cool people laughed at it. The, the kids like me were dragged by their dorky mom and her kids <laughs> and her kids and her like and her perm. Another weird one that I hadn't heard of was August 29th, 1987. The home of the Ray brothers is burned to, down to, by arson. This was three little boys, aged 10, 9, and 8, who had hemophilia and contracted AIDS from a blood transfusion. And the psychopaths in the great state of Florida, because they thought you could get AIDS from breathing on someone, like wouldn't let them go to school and whatever, sending them death threats. And they sued the school, you know, proving that you have to let my kid go to school because you're not going to get just AIDS from like sitting next to my kid in class. And they won. And thank God they weren't home. Some piece of shit burnt their house down. Never heard of this in my life. The eldest Ray brother, Ricky, died in 1992 at the age of 15. And the next oldest, Robert, died in 2000 at the age of 22. Both died of age-related complications. But the third one is my age, Randy. He's 43 now. He's married, and he's managing his illness with meds. And it made me think of how much, like you and I remember this, because we remember when AIDS was really bad and how much it has changed. Yeah, and like, you can live a long life. No. Like you can get AIDS and it's like, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but like you'd get medicine and good medical treatment and you, and can, you live. can live a long, full life. Yep. And not without, you know, not without strife or whatever. I mean, it's not easy, but like it used to be you wasted away it was a, and it died. It was a death sentence. Immediate oh death sentence. Horrible. Was, yep. And it was a horrible death. I mean, it was just so sad that poor man on the cover of that mag. Remember the cover of like oh, Life God. magazine? Yes. So sad. And um, now it's the doctors who pioneered that antiviral medicine is they're incredible. They're heroes. So he, that just goes to show you this first little boy, the 10 year old died at the age of 15, just five years after this happened. So, and then the middle one died in his twenties, but the little guy was, is my age now. And he, they managed it. That's just shows you how dramatically they got on top of this and, and figured out how to treat it. I mean, it's not cured yet or whatever, but still. Magic Johnson's still hanging in there. Yeah, that's right. You know, I remember when they announced that Magic Johnson had it and they had his picture up and it was like fuzzy around the edge. You know, it was like all like formal photo. And my mom was so annoyed. She was like, he is not dead for God's sake. <laughs> like they were like talking about it like he was dead. I know. Like his and, life was over from, yeah. from his life as he knows it. And look at him now. I mean, he's still alive. Anyway, do you have anything for the rec? Do you have anything else? Do you have anything for the, the rec room? I mean, I definitely have. I was even asking Jake because I know that I've watched a lot of shit. Too so much. I, We're not going to remember it all. I, I saw Nope. I loved it. Me too. Fucking love it. I think it's my favorite one of all three. Oh, uh, the totally middle one agree. was just okay. I didn't like Us. Is that what the second yeah, one was? Yeah, that was just nah, just okay. Get Out disturbed me. That was a good, really Get good Get Out movie. was good. I thought but it was then good. Then I saw Us and I was like, eh, that didn't compare. I, I, I could do without that one. This one? So I was good. At the edge of my fucking seat. I loved everything about so it. So good. Did you guess anything? Because you're a weirdo and you can always guess things. Nope. I didn't guess anything. No. And the whole time I was so fixed on like, what is the connection with the monkey? Like I couldn't get it. Yes. Then um, 
But then like, you know, watching it, they're like, oh, okay, well, it's the whole like, you can't tame something like so that's yes, it's trying to harness this other creature now with this spaceship or whatever the hell it was. People listening who haven't seen it see it. So you know what we're talking about, but it's so good. It it's, I, it's, it's something that I've never seen done before with like, a, um, this kind of, tr- this kind of category of, of thriller and how is or whatever. Kiki Palmer not in every fucking movie. Cause she she's is so great. I've loved her since Aquila so the, in the Bee, but she was so great. I, she's so great in this. Like I just freaking loved her. Emerald. Her name is Emerald. She's so mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. I loved her. And yeah, I loved everything about it. And then I, um, screamed my freaking head off at the part where he's in the barn and the lights keep going on and off and then you see that little oh I my god the woman in front of me was laughing so hard because i was like oh my god i i yelled and i, I actually said it. i didn't know it was gonna be this kind of thing and this, <laughs> like people were laughing because i don't think anybody expected that like that one scene so it was like this weird reaction in the theater of like oh my god because we all thought it was going to be a different kind of movie from the trailer and then this happened and we're like ah and i loved the guy who played angel oh yeah (laughs) he was so funny and the weird ass like artsy like photographer yeah Yeah, Um, it was great i thought everybody was great in it i thought it was very good that was good so we saw so we saw we finally finished better call saul have you been watching that no, we started watching it. We never finished it. It's kind of like you got, it takes a while to get going, but well, that's how I felt about Breaking Bad. And I probably should yeah. just buckle down and just plow through it. Stranger Things season three. Did yes. You watch that? I thought I was, that was good. I was obsessed. I loved it. I actually it loved so how scary. it kind of came together. I think they did. Yeah. And it was so scary. Definitely. Love- um, we watched this cool show called, I actually think you would like it, or you might want to read the book. It's called Shining Girls. So Elizabeth Moss, and it's like a, murder mystery not mystery but like a catch the murder kind of thing hmm. but it takes a it becomes like otherworldly like sci-fi and in such like a really excellent way it's just so well done it was very very good shining hmm. shining girls on it's on apple dairy girls season three do you watch dairy girls no i know i should oh lauren I know. like I know. you got you and jake would die laughing you got to put the you got to put the captions on though because it's they've really got like really. you think Irish accents are bad. Northern Irish is like off the charts, but they, it is so fucking funny. It is so funny. Only murders in the building. We watched that. Did you watch that? The we next start the second season. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I haven't liked it. The rest of it. Yeah, I I think that show is so funny. We were watching She Hulk. It's very. Fu- I thought. Really? It was, I think it's I very know. funny. I can't take that seriously. It's silly. It's meant to be not taken seriously. It's exactly what it's for. I think people okay. are taking it too seriously, and that's why they don't like it. Like it's so funny and ridiculous. The show Feel Good is like a really nice romance. It's it's like just a love story. It's very sweet. It's English. Uh, oh, and then Elite. Have you seen Elite? We're watching that. It's like a Spanish softcore porn, like murder, oh, mi- murder, murder mystery on Netflix. No. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It's like. Christ, you to te- I'm going to have to look at your notes. Spanish right, shows but... are so. I've seen more Spanish areolas than <laughs> like. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> I had um yes we saw we saw Nope the movie theater we started watch we saw started watching um Only Murders in the Building I saw that stupid Sandra Bullock movie with Channing Tatum oh um, which one uh The Lost City it's a silly action movie she, she oh plays, yeah plays like a, a writer and she gets kidnapped because they think that she knows where this lost city is oh okay for the fortune and everything like that it's silly what else I read um some speaking of 
like porny kind of book, Verity, Colleen Hoover. Did you hear oh, this? I've heard of that. I don't know where, I think I saw it, like either someone on Instagram or someone posted it. And it, was it good? It was dirty? Yes. It's too much sex. Like just ridiculous amount of sex. Uh, I mean, I read it, I read it a, like a day and a half. You're insane. Insane. So we were reading, I, I was at the shore with, for a couple of days with my mother-in-law. So Jake was there. So I could like, and my in-laws were there. So I could actually like sit on a beach and read. And then I was reading it at night. So I, I, it was a good beach read because it was just easy. I mean, it was good. It was, you know, silly and stupid. Not the best writing I ever read in my life. Had a nice little twist ending. And then I'm reading Stephen King had a new book come out. Oh, I thought you would have finished it because you're a machine. 600 pages. I, I really. Yeah. I'm my my friend Pat was saying that. She's like, I thought I'd pick it up. And then I read, read that it was 600 pages. I was like, yeah, he doesn't really do like a. I'm, I'm halfway through. Wow. That's, a, that's impressive. It's though. good. Yeah. It's about this. It's it kind of reminded me a little bit of what's the JFK one. The one, I, the one I'm barely yeah. finished. Eleven with the alternate twenty-two. The, that's yeah. like time, time travel. That's time travel. This is like an alternate world. Like there's oh, a okay. portal to like an alternate world. So this kid befriends an older gentleman in the neighborhood, and then ends up finding about this man has this like portal in his backyard and his like shed. Cool. Um, and he's going down there to kind of like find like to, to pretty much save his dog, bring his dog, get his dog Aww. to not die. Like you know get some more years for his dog. Cause you can Aww, like, that's like the most wholesome thing ever. I know. So it's kind of like a fantasy. It's definitely fantasy. So I'm in that. And then I know there's other shit. I know there must've been shows or something that we watched, but we watched top gun, the second, whatever the Was fuck that it's good? called. You didn't watch it. I thought you were like, you're all up in his jock. I thought we we're going to be the first in line. To go to the movie theater to see it. And we didn't go. I think we saw Nope. I think that was like the thing. It was like, are we going to see top gun? Are we going to oh. see Nope? Nope? Well, Nope is better. But it was good. It was a good action flick. It's almost there's some things that are like a little over the top, like mimicking the first one. I was like, oh boy. But yeah, um, but I it's don't, I, good action. I don't know. Movie. I didn't do it. We're, we're gonna be we're gonna be kidless for uh, the last weekend of this month. So I'm I'm I might try to squeeze that in if I can. See yeah, it's movie. it's fun. It's like actiony. It's well done and it's um well like it's beautifully shot and everything. So it's fun. We saw the Thor one, Love and Thunder. That was fun too. Oh, I got my niece that poster for her birthday. She's like obsessed with all those Marvel movies. Oh, cute. That's a nice gift. We saw, we watched this movie last night in Soho, which is an old, older, not old movie, but like from a few years ago. It was good. And it's um, Thomason McKenzie, isn't it? Oh, she's cute. The younger girl. Yeah. yeah. And then Matt Smith, the guy who has like no eyebrows, who plays um, Prince Philip in The Crown. It's, it's good. It's like a thriller like also just like um shining girls it's like a thriller you think it's going to be like a classic historical like whodunit but it actually there's like a sci-fi element or a paranormal element i should say it was hmm. entertaining it was interesting came together well there's another like quirky one that i love that daniel and i just watched that's only like an hour long it's a japanese movie called beyond the infinite two minutes and it was so funny it was about a time loop that someone discovers or a time delay that someone discovers so it's like sci-fi in that sense but it's so silly because it's like this group of friends using this discovering and using this funny time two minute that's all it is it's a two oh, minute time but it's so funny and it winds up being just it's just very silly and it's like but it, it's hard to get your head around like i i find time travel very hard to understand but it was very cute hence why you're still reading that fucking book i know i'm almost done it's he's come back to the future got it back in time but it's um <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucked up, you know, cause you're not supposed yeah. to fuck with the past. So I do have some, I don't want to spoil anything. So I don't want to talk about it too much with you on here. Although I can edit it out, but I do have some like beef when it's not like 10 o'clock where you are 
Okay. Like we can talk about it, but it's actually almost a lot of, oh my God, Lauren, what have we done? Okay, let's sign off. Thank you for listening to Old School. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I'm sorry for the hiatus. Email us at oldschoolthepodcast at gmail. Follow us at oldschoolthepodcast on Instagram. I guess we'll be back next month. Yeah. Lauren's about to pass out. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Review and subscribe. I'm sorry for the hiatus. Email us at oldschoolthepodcast at gmail. Follow us at Old School the Podcast on Instagram. I guess we'll be back next month. Yeah. Lauren's about to pass out. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye.